Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friends, today's reading from Philippians contains what most scholars call a hymn of the early church, verses 6 through 11 in the second chapter of Philippians have a rhythm in the original ancient language that suggests it was a kind of poetry, a creed, perhaps, something that was recited or chanted or sung. Though he was in the form of God, though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Paul quotes this hymn or this poem without a citation, as he does in many other instances, because what he is saying was already familiar to his readers. If I said, through many dangers, toils, and snares, you, most of you, would recognize that I'm referring to amazing grace without me having to say so. What makes this part of Philippians so exciting is that we are able to glimpse something from the life of the church, whether it is a hymn or a creed or something similar. And so we get a glimpse of how Christians were worshiping and what they believed in the two decades between the crucifixion of Jesus and the career of the Apostle Paul. In any event, this song, let's call it a song, is about the humility of Jesus. There are three things that he does, all of them a kind of humility. First of all, there's the Christmas message. He becomes human. He gave up the comforts of heaven and the prestige of being God and comes down to earth. That's the theme of Christmas. While he's alive on earth, he serves others. He shows patience with his amateur disciples. He forgives sinners. He tells the truth even when people are violently opposed to the truth. He washes feet. He rides a donkey, not a horse. And then he dies in obedience to a difficult plan. And his death is the worst kind of death, the gruesome death reserved by the Romans for the most dangerous criminals, death on a cross. That's what the first half of this little song is about. He came down, he humbled himself, he obeyed. He lived a servant life. The second half of this little song is that because of this humility, this selfless service, Jesus has been exalted by God. Jesus has been given the highest honor. Everyone on earth and in heaven and in hell, he says, will honor and revere the name of Jesus. So God has ratified 
God has drawn attention to, God has honored, not power, not intelligence, not popularity, not good looks, not money, not royal blood. God has honored humility. If you want to know my ways, God says, if you want to be part of my kingdom, God says, look here. Look at the one who emptied himself. This passage from Philippians is read every year here on Good Friday. Why is Good Friday the day, which is the day of Jesus' crucifixion, why is Good Friday called good? It's the paradox. The paradox that we spoke of on September 11th, exemplified in the prayer attributed to St. Francis. It is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. That mind, the mind of Good Friday, the mind of Christ Jesus, should be our mind, Paul says today. If it's hard for you to understand that paradox, you're not alone. It's hard for the church to live this teaching. At Dove of Peace, we have 10 times the number of people in church on Easter as we do on Good Friday. In our music, the church has a difficult time with paradox. We had a grand hymn this morning, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. I've been looking for an excuse to sing it. The words are British. But the tune is as American as Paul Revere. It is, in fact, from 18th century Boston, from a self-taught musician who was a choir director in church and eventually a pastor. The tune that we sang just now is probably the oldest American hymn tune that is still in regular use, a great hymn. But clearly, that hymn is inspired by the second part of our little song from Philippians. The royal part of the song, the exaltation of Jesus. There is a vision in the Psalms and in Revelation in which everyone ends up singing God's praises. The angels, the trees, the whales, the dead, the living. Church musicians like to play with that theme, understandably. If you look at both our gathering hymn all hail the power of Jesus' name, and in our sending song, O Savior, Precious Savior, they both move toward a conclusion in which all beings, earthly and heavenly, praise God. It's a powerful image that captivates our church musicians, an image going back a thousand years before Jesus, that we will all someday be joined together in song. But our hymn of the day, which is a new hymn, although not new to us at Dove of Peace, the hymn of the day that we're going to sing after the sermon, embraces the paradox that the ancient song in Philippians embraced. The paradox of the St. Francis prayer. Some of you know that I think that the lady who wrote the words to this hymn, Dolores Duffner, I think she is an amazing woman, 
I've never met her. She is Minnesotan, but not Lutheran. She's Roman Catholic. And she wrote the words to the hymn we'll sing right after the sermon. Now the tune is British. Our opening song had British words with an American music. This is an American writer paired with British music. The British music is regal and from Victorian England. It is stately. It is worthy of a king, worthy of a procession down the aisle of Westminster Abbey. But the words are placed in paradox with that royal tune. The words ask, O Christ, what can it mean for us? Paul said that we should have the mind of Jesus. Well, what does that mean for us? What does that look like? Dolores Duffner answers that. She says, the question is, what can it mean for us to claim Christ as our king? My answer, she writes, it means that we may not wield power over others as the world does, letting might take precedence over right. The way of love is opposite to the way of power. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to take the way of Jesus. Love shows itself in other-centered service rather than in self-centeredness. The fact that we are wealthy and powerful as individuals and as a nation places on us a special responsibility to care for those who are poor and weak. Dolores Stuffner, the author of several tunes in our hymnal. And isn't that exactly what Paul says to us today? If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation from his love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy, Paul's joy, complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Amen.